Welcome to the Data Dump, bite-sized data stories for your ears. I'm your host, Zach Bowders. January 15th, 1919 in Boston, an external temperature of around 41 degrees at about 12.30 in the afternoon at the Purity Distilling Company, 529 Commercial Street. A molasses vat 50 feet tall and 90 feet in diameter ruptures. 2.3 million gallons of molasses flood from the tank into the surrounding area, causing mass devastation. Modern scientists theorize the cause was thermal expansion of older, cooler molasses combined with a fresh load of warmed molasses, which was heated to reduce viscosity. Regardless of why it exploded or what those eggheads say, the rupturing of this tank caused the ground to shake in a roaring sound like the passage of a train. Some described it as a thunderclap. When the dust had settled, or rather the molasses had cooled, 21 were killed, either by impact or drowning, with another 150 injured. 21 were killed either by the impact or drowning in molasses with another 150 injured. Many people were thrown or swept away by the initial rush, while others drowned in up to three feet of standing molasses, which rapidly became more viscous in the cool air. As a side note, molasses is 40% more dense than water, which is 12 pounds to a gallon versus eight pounds of water. And it struck with such a force that it knocked nearby buildings off of their foundations. Now, many of us have heard Boston called Beantown, so when you hear about a giant vat of molasses, you may begin to suspect that this has something to do with baked beans, but really, it's nothing of the sort. See, molasses can actually be converted into ethanol via fermentation, so it's an active ingredient in both alcoholic beverages as well as a key component in munitions. Either way, when I first heard this story, my first thought is molasses isn't that fast. Molasses, I mean, even with large volumes of it, how deadly it could be. Well, it's actually surprising. A quote from the Boston Post written about the flood says, molasses waist deep covered the street and swirled and bubbled about the wreckage. Here and there struggled a form, whether it was an animal or a human being, it was impossible to tell. Only an upheaval, a thrashing about in the sticky mess showed there was any life. Horses died like so many flies on sticky flypaper. The more they struggled, the deeper in the mess they were ensnared. Human beings, men and women, suffered likewise. Based on what feels like the scale of the devastation as well as the seemingly ridiculousness of molasses as a lethal element, I began to do just a little bit of digging about the stats on the molasses. I focused on three key areas. How much molasses are we really talking about? How fast is molasses? And can we get above the molasses? What are our options for survival? First, how much molasses are we talking about? Well, your average backyard swimming pool probably has about 30,000 gallons of water, which sounds like a lot. I know this, I worked in a swimming pool store for most of college. A medium to large swimming pool you might find in a standard backyard might be 40,000. But if you have a fairly shallow deep end, you're looking at about 30. And that sounds like a lot, especially if it's coming out of your water bill. But an Olympic swimming pool, has 660,000 gallons of water, which is roughly 22 times the size of your backyard swimming pool. Well, Purity Distilling Company's molasses vat was even bigger than that. It held 2.3 million gallons of molasses, which is 77 times the size of a backyard swimming pool, which is a lot of liquid. 
let's talk about being slower than molasses. The average person has a maximum running speed of between 10 and 15 miles an hour. So given the most optimistic end of that range, that would make you about 20 miles per hour slower than a tidal wave of deadly molasses. For reference, a cheetah has a top speed of around 60 miles an hour. A greyhound, a little bit over 40. Molasses, about 35 miles an hour. So both you and Usain Bolt with a top speed of 23 miles an hour would have been victims to this wave of molasses. This leads us to my third inquiry, which is, can I climb above the molasses in the event of a molassacre? And the answer is probably not. We know that at its tallest, the molasses wave hit about 25 feet, and you could tell because you could see it on the sides of the buildings from the residue. Your typical two-story home is about 20 feet tall, a school bus is only about 10 feet tall, and you are probably between five and six feet tall. So if a wave of molasses is coming at you at 35 miles an hour, you probably don't have time to get out of the way. So besides the obvious devastation, um, both in terms of loss of life and destruction of property, the uh, explosion of purity of distilling's molasses fat brought about a class action lawsuit by 119 different residents, which was actually one of the first class action lawsuits in Massachusetts history and is considered a milestone and paving the way for modern corporate regulation. After some three years of hearings, the company ultimately paid out what is equivalent to about 9.37 million in modern currency and damages to the victim, which means each person received about $104,000 in terms of uh, modern currency. Um, the Boston Molassacre, ridiculous event, actual damage, fascinating data story. Thanks for listening to this bite-sized data story on the data dump. We'll be back in a few weeks with our next story. In the meantime, check out the other shows on the Data Plus Love channel.